I hope you are also doing swell this morning. Um, before we begin today into our sermon, and we are going to be in Matthew chapter 5 as we're continuing on in this series in the Beatitudes, I, I want to take just a couple of moments uh, to, to talk about a couple of things that have been going on this summer and what's coming up here at Berean. So just kind of a real quick infomercial, all right? But without the energy of an infomercial, probably. You never know. Uh, first of all, we saw part of a video on Reach Mansfield. Uh, this, this has gone on the last couple of years at least where church, area churches have gotten together and the students have gone out and served in our community. Um, I, I love the idea so much. Uh, I've already uh, reached out to another local uh, area pastor and we're beginning talks about how can we do this as whole churches. So not just sending our students out, uh, but what will it look like next year? If we gather together as a group of churches, uh, both young and old, to, to serve our community for a weekend. So uh, more information to come on that, uh, but just know that that's a conversation that's happening. Kids have had a great time, and, it, and it's cool to see the students going out and, and reaching into the community and helping out in various ways. So uh, if you have a student that went to Reach Mansfield, I encourage you, if you haven't already, to just talk to them about, hey, what did you learn? What were some areas that... Um, you felt like you grew during this time. I, I also want to let you know a couple things that are happening right now, uh, and things, like I said, and things coming up. Uh, one, one is this, the foster care groups. Uh, we have talked about at length uh, uh, foster care ministry. Um, it's something that I'm passionate about that the church would embark and be a part of. Uh, so when foster care ministries uh, come and ask for certain things at the church, the answer is almost always going to be yes. Uh, we want to be a group of people who are reaching out, particularly to those who are fatherless and uh, without a home. So we want to be caring for them. Uh, in addition to being a foster uh, family, this isn't something that is for everybody. Uh, not everybody can be a foster family. But in addition to that, we've set up these foster care groups. Carol and Evan Davis, just give me a little wave over here, kind of in charge of that here at Berean. Um, and, and what that is, is we have groups of people who are gathering around Berean foster families just to serve them. Uh, Kelly and I just joined uh, uh, the, uh, one of those foster groups uh, recently, and really all that's expected of us is to bring them a meal once a month. So uh, the idea is a foster family will get somebody delivering them a meal every week just to kind of ease the burden. And some of the groups, they take that further and provide childcare and things of that nature as well. But, but we're at a point where we could use a few more people that would support our foster uh, family. So there's going to be some more information of that to come. In the meantime, if you know Carol and um, uh, Evan Davis, you can see them about being on one of those groups. A uh, very small ask there for a very big impact in the family of foster families. Uh, also, you probably are aware of the flooding that has happened down in Kentucky and the resulting damage that has occurred. Uh, we, are, we are in the beginning stages of putting a team together to partner with Samaritan's Purse to provide some disaster relief and cleanup. If that's something that you're interested in, uh, we, see, we see Mark Boyd over here. Just give us a wave, Mark. This is super official today. This is how we're doing things, be giving a wave. Um, uh, if you don't see the people that are waving, the best place to go right after the service is the information desk, and we can connect you to those folks. Uh, also, quick update on forward. Did you know we're in the middle of a capital campaign? We intentionally don't talk about money a lot here at Burian, and it's amazing how generous of a church that this is uh, in some ways. In other ways, it's not that amazing at all because we serve a very generous God, don't we? 
so, so we don't talk a lot about the, the uh, forward, but as a result of that, we don't talk about some of the progress that has occurred either. Uh, year to date or up to date uh, in our uh, campaign, we have about $350,000 realized uh, that has come in. And, and this is a big deal, guys, because our giving this year is up from last year on top of that. So this is pretty encouraging. This is exciting that this is going on. Uh, we've been able to make some sanctuary updates early on, and we've done all this debt-free, if you didn't know. We have zero debt at Berean, and we've, we intend to stay that way. So all of these things, these advancements that we are taking on, or making, are happening without any kind of debt. Um, so we have sanctuary updates. We've, we've created the cafe, uh, the base camp. It looks amazing. If you haven't seen that yet, make sure you do at some point. Let us know you want a tour of it. Uh, we've recently updated the sound equipment and student center and, and made it portable so we can have an updated sound equipment for our outdoor services. So you'll be able to see that here very soon. Uh, still to come, some, probably some more sanctuary updates. We have kids' classrooms that we're going to be theming out uh, uh, very soon. And I've also become aware, of, now that my wife has been working in the kitchen, that our appliances in the kitchen are starting to get very old. Uh, apparently our, our dishwasher, the stove, they're all around 30 years old. That's pretty a long period of, a uh, long life for those things. So the, probably on the radar soon would be to replace some of those and update them. If that's an area where you say, you know what, I haven't yet invested in forward and I'd like to because food is really good and I want it to be made with excellence, uh, you could give specifically to that if you would like. Um, all of this information and more will be available to you at our next business meeting, Sunday, August 21st. I wanted to give a little bit of a, uh, um, um, a taste of what that is. Our business meetings here are a celebration. We're, we're celebrating what God has done and celebrating, trusting what he is going to do. I would love it if our business meetings were packed out. I would love it if they were packed out. So if you haven't gone to one, you say, well, I'm not a member. That's okay. You don't have to be a member to attend a business meeting. Come to the next business meeting on August, August 21st. I think you'll be blessed. It's the same day as our uh, Blueberry Festival, so you'll be tired, but let's be tired together, all right? It'll be, it'll be good for us to do that. Again, we are in this series in Matthew chapter 5 in the Beatitudes, this portion of the Sermon on the Mount that you probably are aware of. Uh, again, the scene is this picturesque um, um, landscape where Jesus grabs his disciples and has this group of people with him. And he begins to teach them. And as a rabbi would, he, he gathers them around and then he sits down. And that's where we pick up once again in five, Matthew 5, verse number 2. And we're going to read 2 through 12 once again. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for all that has happened and is happening here. But, and God, I just thank you for this, this text that we get to look to. 
these, these, these blessed uh, um, uh, characteristics that are within people. God, thank you for this so you can give us this, this outline of what it would be like for us to be living a blessed life here on earth as it is in heaven. God, as we go to your word this morning, as we, as, as we, as we preach on uh, what it is you have me to say today, Lord, I just pray that it's consistent with your truths, that it is in the power of your Holy Spirit, and that as a result, we will take a step closer to you. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Did anybody, when they grew up, have a brother like mine that was just wicked and mean? He's probably not watching online, so yeah, you, you. Quite a bit older than me, my brother is, and uh, he is a bully to me my entire life. Am I allowed to talk about him? Is it gossip if it's my brother? I don't know. I'm going to talk about him anyways. Well, anyways, one of the things he used to do to me, we used to play a game called Mercy. Anybody ever play that game? Maybe you called it Uncle, right? Well, when you're a brother that is much older than your younger brother, you're pretty much always going to be the one who wins. So my brother oftentimes would pin me down and beat me mercilessly until I would say, mercy, mercy. And oftentimes he would beat me some more. And I would be crying out, mercy, 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 which is basically admitting somebody else's physical superiority. Guys, do we like doing that? No. So I would just take a beating and take a beating and take a beating and then finally cry out mercy. He'd beat me some more. I'd cry out mercy again. He'd beat me. You guys get the idea, right? You all remember that game. You see, all of us like receiving mercy, but we're not that great at giving it. You get that? Maybe you were that older brother. Boy, it was fun until they said mercy. (laughs) You see, we all like to receive mercy from others, but we don't always love mercy to give it back. Let's give a couple definitions. Again, blessed means happy, fortunate, right? Merciful, merciful, being, being mercy, uh, there's a couple different ways that it's used in our context. One is as compassion, having compassion. I don't think that's a, a, a full definition of the word. There's also mercy as withholding punishment. You see, I believe it's probably the two of those things put together. Mercy as used in the Bible relates to forgiveness and withholding punishment. It also is intertwined with compassion. I would say mercy is the fruit of compassion. You get that? Mercy is the fruit of compassion. A compassionate person will likely show mercy towards others. The the parable that best illustrates uh, mercy in, in, in the context that we're talking about today is found in Matthew 18, 21 through 35. So we're going to read that in its entirety. Matthew 18, 21 through 35. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. If not, it will be on our screen. I didn't cheat today and put a little mark in my Bible, so I have to find it just like the rest of you. You ready? I'm starting anyways. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife 
and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity uh, for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the, servant, when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began cho- to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay his, the debt. When his fellow servants saw that what, uh, what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. To be merciful isn't based, by the way, on an individual act, but a consistent characteristic. So you can, you can have mercy at one specific point in time, but to be considered merciful, it's more like a consistent characteristic of you. Uh, on vacation in Florida, before I ripped my bicep and had to get surgery, uh, we went down with the grandkids to the pool almost every single day, and we, we like to swim around with the kids and, and have fun in the pool. Now, because I went swimming, that doesn't necessarily make me a swimmer in the way that we would understand it. I don't exactly, you know, fit the mold, if you would. Now, if somebody is a swimmer, we, we assume that they are going to go and they regularly and consistent engage in the activity of swimming, being, having swum, swum, swam? I didn't write that one down. (laughs) Being that I went swimming a couple of times doesn't exactly make me a swimmer in the way that we would think of a swimmer, but somebody who is consistently swimming. Uh, Listen to this text again. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Isn't it funny that Peter would start off with that or have a conversation and even bring that up? So I have some annoying friends, Jesus. They're offending me on a regular basis. How often should I forgive them? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Not not a specific number here, but to illustrate a continued act of forgiveness. You see, this is what it means to be merciful. That if you offend me once, I, I need to forgive you. If you continue to offend me, I need to continue to be forgiving towards you. That's what it means to be merciful. Learning to consistently forgive is a discipline that doesn't usually come naturally to us, and it needs to be practiced. Some of you have been wronged uh, multiple times in your life, and this becomes a very hard and personal thing for you. Maybe you grew up in an abusive home, and you're like, do I just continue on with the abuse? No. But you can still be merciful, and you can still be forgiving. Our human nature wants justice for ourselves when we have been wronged, don't we? Have you ever been wronged and you're like, I just, I I can't get it out of my head. I can't get it out of my heart. Every time I see that person, that's all I can think about. And I want justice to happen. After all, this person has wronged me. Maybe they have wronged your spouse. That's even harder, isn't it? 
Man, it's one thing to wrong me. If you wrong my wife, Kelly, it's going to be a lot harder for me to give forgiveness. It's not easy, is it? Sometimes we, we flippantly say things like, it's okay after somebody apologizes. But in our head and in our heart, we want to hold them captive because we want justice to be served. Justice is a good thing after all. Our God is a just God. So why not? Would we not want to have justice in our lives? Mercy and justice, by the way, aren't at odds. They actually go hand in hand. Mercy is justice carried out in love. It's justice carried out in love. Have mercy on others, church. Not just if you're a judge and in a courtroom. Have mercy on others in the courtrooms of your hearts and in your minds. I want to I get real with all of you today. Hopefully we do this all the time. Some of you are holding other people's captive in your hearts and mind. Deep down, you want to see justice served to these people who have done you wrong. Who do you need to forgive today and have mercy on in the courtrooms of your hearts and of your minds? Who is it that has done you wrong that you have just not been able to forgive? That today you need to forgive? You see, this is common among people. We have people that we, we hold something against that we're frustrated by, that have maybe they have done us wrong. And we think what we do is put them in captivity in our minds and in our hearts because we're demanding justice. But friends, the only person captive in that scenario is you. Did you know that? That having mercy on others is also good for your own psyche? Because half the time they don't even know you're upset with them. Have mercy. Let people out of that prison in our hearts and minds. Have mercy on them today. My question to you this morning is, who do you need to show mercy to right now? Who do you need to show mercy to? If you have teenagers, it's probably them. <laughs> teenagers, if you have parents, it's probably them. I got to tell you, I, I've messed up in life so many times that that I've become well acquainted with making apologies. I don't like it, but, I, but I've become, you know, proficient at it, I think. There is no person in this world, I think, that it's harder for me to apologize to than one of my teenage kids. I also think there's probably no more, more important for me to apologize to when I've done something wrong than one of my teenage kids. It's teaching them something important, isn't it? Teaching them to have mercy. Teaching them that I'm not perfect. That I'm well aware that I'm not perfect. So sometimes teenage kids, you need to have mercy on your parents. They aren't perfect. Parenting is an experiment, by the way. It's not an exact science. You know that, right? It really is. I, I've, done, I've done this ministry thing for quite a number of years. I've done this parenting thing for even longer. And I can tell you, at my very best in parenting is just an experiment. It's just an experiment. So have mercy on your parents, kids. Parents, have mercy on your kids. Mercy, again, is something that we all want to receive, but we seldom want to give. All want to receive, but we seldom want to give. Listen again in our story. But when the same servant went out 
he found, out, uh, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe! So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him, put him in prison until he should pay. This is the same guy who has just forgiven a bigger debt. Forgiven. He immediately goes out, and what does he do? He finds, finds somebody who owes them money. We look at this story, and it's hard to not look at the story with judging or with judgment towards this person. But I'm afraid to tell you, church, we're all very good at doing exactly the same thing. We're all very good at doing exactly the same thing. What kind of people are we when we demand of others what we are, we are not willing to give of ourselves? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Did you know that you need mercy today? Did you know that we all need to be shown mercy today or we are in a terrible state? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Do you want to receive mercy in your life? The answer is absolutely yes. Then we need to show mercy to others, particularly in the courtroom of our hearts and our minds. William Shakespeare wrote this, we do not pray for mercy, and that same prayer, or we do pray for mercy, and that same prayer doth teach us all to render the deeds of mercy. You know, every time we pray, God, forgive me. I, I need your mercy in this situation. I can't believe I'm still doing X, Y, or Z. Please have mercy on your servant. That should be teaching you to also show mercy to others. We're all in the same boat here, guys. We are desperate people in need of a, of a forgiving and merciful God. We have been shown so much mercy. We have been shown so much mercy in our lives. Ought not we also show mercy to others? Once again, who needs you to show mercy to them today? Who in your life needs mercy from you today? Is it your spouse? Is it your kids? Is it a family member? Is it a neighbor? Is it a coworker? Show them that mercy. After all, the ultimate demonstration of mercy was the cross of Jesus Christ. Listen to Ephesians 2, 1-5. through And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the, of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. It's a desperate situation, right? But God, underline that, those two words if you haven't done so already, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he, he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace. You have been saved, or by grace you have been saved, and raised up with him and seated us with him in his heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. This is the ultimate expression of mercy. We have done nothing to ask for forgiveness when God sent his son to the cross. We were the ones who would have been yelling, crucify him. 
and he went to that cross. Why? He was merciful towards us. He was merciful towards us. But friends, God's mercy towards us was not absent of justice. You see, justice had to be served. We have sinned against a perfect God. And if we wanted our standing to be redeemed, there needed to be a sacrifice. And God sent that sacrifice on our behalf. See, not only was God merciful and is God merciful towards us, in that he would give us forgiveness, but he went so far as to pay for that forgiveness. He went so far as to take on our punishment so that we could receive his mercy. A great price had to be paid for our sin. Friends, God demonstrated mercy towards you and I by taking our punishment on himself, not by simply dismissing charges as if they never happened. Justice still needed to be served. This is our example, guys, of mercy. When we think about the forgiveness that we have received and the mercy that we have received from God, who in your life needs to receive your mercy? How dare we withhold mercy and forgiveness from somebody else after the mercy and forgiveness that we have received? I'm not saying hard conversations don't need to happen. I'm not saying that in some relationships, that the relationships need to be severed. I'm not asking you to go home and be punching bag or anything like that. I'm asking you to have mercy. For God has had mercy on you. God has had mercy on me, so I need to be merciful to others in the courtroom of my heart and in my mind. Don't just fake it, forgive. Don't tell somebody they're forgiven when you're holding them captive in your heart. Discipline yourself to remember the mercy that you have received so that you can show others mercy. And guys, here's the catch. It's easy to do that with people we like. and really hard to do that for people we don't like. Our enemies. Think back to the cross. Who did Jesus die for? His enemies. We were enemies with God when he went to the cross. That is the length and depth and breadth of God's mercy that even his enemy he would die for. Is anybody else today glad that Jesus died for his enemies? Oh my goodness, who can't I forgive? Who can't I show mercy to in the shadow of the cross of Jesus Christ? What if every one of our arguments, one of every people that we are, are struggling to be merciful towards, what if all of our conversations with those people happened at the foot of the cross? Who could you withhold mercy from? in the shadow of the cross. One of the reasons we celebrate the Lord's Supper on a regular basis is to remember what Jesus has done and what he has paid for us and the mercy he has shown us. And we're going to do that today. Before you take the elements this morning, I want to implore you, I want to encourage you 
Think about that person that you were holding captive in your heart and not showing mercy towards. Maybe pray and ask God to forgive you for that. And then look for opportunities. Sometimes you don't even need to say anything to the person. They don't even realize you're upset with them. But really, truly forgive them as you have really, truly been forgiven. I'm going to ask the guys to pass out the elements. Before they do, I want you to know if you are gluten-free, we do have gluten-free elements in the front. So once everybody has received, just slip your hand up if you need a gluten-free element. We'll get that to you. We do communion here. It's, a, it's open communion, meaning if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, whether or not you uh, attend or a member at Brian, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you can um, uh, take with us. If you've not let yet trusted God to be, or, or Jesus to be your Lord and Savior of your life, we just ask that you go ahead and pass the elements um, uh, down the aisle. But as they're passing this out, again, Christian, my challenge to you is who do you need to be merciful towards? If you're here and you're not yet a follower of Jesus Christ, if he's not yet the Lord of your life, why not receive his mercy this morning? Man, if, if we take a look in the spiritual mirror, we realize just how broken that we are. We realize how, 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 how we, tend, we don't tend towards or trend towards righteousness, but wickedness. The great news is this. Jesus, knowing all of these things, died for you. And would today be the day that you would receive his mercy? Would today be the day that you would accept this free gift of salvation that's free to us but came at a great cost to God? Why not make it today? Why not make it today that you receive that mercy? I'm going to ask the band that's already behind me. Seth, would you go ahead and just start playing as they pass this out? We're just going to have a moment of just kind of quiet reflection while we pass out the elements. Then when they're all passed out, we'll, we'll pray together and then we'll take. During this time of quiet reflection, ask God, God, who is it that I need to show mercy to? Or if you have yet to place your faith in him, just confess that you're a sinner and that you'd like to receive his mercy, that you believe that God sent his son Jesus to come die on the cross and that he rose victorious over the grave and over sin. Surrender your life to him today if you haven't already.
If you needed gluten-free, would you slip up your hand? Balcony, have you been served up there yet? You have, okay. Anybody need gluten-free? Right here. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for your cross. We thank you for the great mercy you have shown us. We thank you for this reminder and taking the Lord's Supper, the great price that was paid to give us this mercy. The death of Jesus on the cross. We also thank you that in this we have the reminder that death did not get the final say nor the victory, but you will return. With our heads down and our eyes closed before we take this morning, if you're here and you realize there's somebody in my life I need to show mercy to, would you just slip up your hand so I can pray for you? You can put your hands down. Maybe you're in the room and today is the day that you need to put your faith, hope, and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if that's you, would you just slip up your hand so I can pray for you? Dear Heavenly Father, God, help us to be merciful as you have been merciful, merciful to us. Not just showing mercy on isolated events at isolated times, but being merciful as you have been merciful to us. In 1 Corinthians 11, starting in verse 23, it says, For I have received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. God, we thank you today again for your mercy, again for your sacrifice, and again for your love. Help us, Lord. Help us as your children to live our lives in a way that are marked by mercy, both in receiving mercy from you but extending mercy to others. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.